Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Amen and amen. While you're standing, open your Bibles to Judges chapter 6. I want to continue with this. And those that are in life groups, let me encourage you to continue now that we're in the last few weeks because this is the meat of the life groups. Uh, My archery group is tonight at 6, by the way, guys. We're going to finish out every Sunday this month. But uh, this is the meat of the topics is right around this week. So if you've been missing a couple weeks because of vacation, we understand. Get back in there. Uh, Wednesday night, we were in Wednesday night group breaking generational curses through the prayer of Jabez. And I'm telling you what, God is moving in these groups, man. He's moving in, in, in our church and, and what he's doing in these days. And, and so, uh, but we've been on Sundays talking about when God speaks and how to hear the voice of the Lord. And, and in Judges chapter 6, we're going to look at a man named Gideon. And today I want to talk about asking for a sign. Asking for a sign and confirmation, how God speaks through signs. And, and I may be confirming a sign and speaking it right now as through this message. But um, how many's ever had God give you a sign? We call them like a God wink where something has just happened and you know it's God. Let me just give you an example. Uh, on this floor, we had it set to do this floor this time of year with the summer slump and vacations. And, and we got the deal from the company. We said, let's pull the trigger and do it. Right before we finalized the, well, we already announced it, but then they told us, well, the purple that you need in your logo is a very rare purple. We thought we had it, but we do not. Uh, And in order to get it, it's going to have to be ordered from the Netherlands, and it's going to have to cost you even more. And I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We prayed as a staff and as a people. We said, God, you've told us to take care of your building. You've, and so we're just obeying you. And we just continue to go forward, and we're going to just do it however we're going to do it. And then all of a sudden, we got a call from the company and said, don't really know how to explain this to you, but there's a guy, he's a millionaire that lives on Lake Michigan and has this big old mansion, and he has his own personal uh, gymnasium in his house. And out of all the colors, he did his color in the same exact purple that you need in your gym. And he just so happens to have just the right amount left over to do your gym day. So we are on schedule. Come on, anybody else get excited? It's little things like that. Little things like that. That's, just, that, that's what we call a God wink. That's when God just says, you know what? I just want you to know I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, but some of you struggle to get to the house of God today. I want you to know God is winking at you saying, I'm proud of you. You got in the house of God today. You did it. You're here. You fought every devil and every child this morning. Amen. You had three arguments on the way here, walked in, getting ready to just go off on somebody and say, how you doing, Jesus? I'm blessed. Amen. But you made it in the house of God today. Hallelujah. So these are, these are God winks, and I'm going to look at a guy named Gideon today who had the Lord speak to him through an angelic visitation, through dreams, through signs, and mainly through signs. And we're going to take a look at this today and uh, probably do a little bit more teaching than preaching. But every time I say that, we end up, hallelujah, doing cartwheels and everything else and throwing babies and running down the aisles. Amen. Welcome to River of Life if this is your first time. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 6. I love, how many love Gideon, the story of Gideon? You guys see yourself in Gideon. He is a man that's been through a lot. So verse 36, 
Gideon says, so Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, now this is important, I'd underline as you have said, and I'll explain that in a moment, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor, and if there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on the ground, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so, when he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece and a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, oh, please don't be angry with me, Lord, but I'm going to do this thing again. This time, let me test, I pray, just one more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, and there was dew on all of the ground. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Gideon is a guy who, I want you to just lean in. I'm going to jump right in. Gideon is a guy that's been through a lot, this young man. He was a young man, and he's been through a lot. He's been through a lot of loss and a lot of trauma. He's He's had everything taken from him, his family, most of his family. He is just all by himself. Every time he got something, every time he was going and he took one step forward, he'd end up taking three steps back. How many has been there? This is Gideon in chapter 6 of Judges. And it got so bad for him, he began to doubt that God was even with him. He began to feel abandoned by God, that the Lord didn't, he loved everybody else, but he just didn't love Gideon. He, his prayers wasn't being answered, and miracles were not happening. He prayed to get healed, he got worse. I mean, it was just one of those kind of situations with Gideon. He began to think that God had abandoned him, so he's hiding his food because the Midianites were the enemy at this time, and they were taken every time he got blessed. The Midianites would come into the camp, thousands upon thousands of the, these people, and they would just take what they had from them and just leave them. And so he is hiding the little bit of what he has, and an angel of the Lord appears to him. We know that that is Jesus, if you're understanding theology and theophanies in the Old Testament. The Lord comes to him and says to him, Gideon, you great man of God. Gideon said, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> He said, what you talking about, God? And and actually, I love chapter 6 because Gideon says, God, if you are real and if you are so amazing, where are all the miracles that I've heard about? Where are all these great signs and wonders that our forefathers told us about? That's why I love the Bible. The Bible is not boring. You're boring. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible is raw. The Bible is transparent. So immediately, I know we've all been in that situation, and we find ourselves asking sometimes, where is God? And God, this is how he answered him. And this is a word of the Lord for some of you that may be feeling that way right now. I'm not preaching it, but I guess I am. He did say this. God says these words. He didn't answer Gideon's question and say, well, this is why that happened. That is why that happened. We don't know a lot of things, the reason why God does what he does. But I love what he said to Gideon. He said, but I tell you what, Gideon. Arise and go in the strength you have left. I don't know if you heard that. He said, Gideon, get up 
And I know you're weak. I know you're full of doubt. I know you're, you're struggling to believe that I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know you feel like you're not loved. I know you're feeling like you're not special, but I want you to know I still am going to use you just the way you are, and I want you to go and fight against the Midians in a little bit of strength that you have because if you just obey me in the little bit of strength that you have, I will show up with all of my strength, and we're going to get the job done. Come on, somebody. God always waits. His timing is not our timing. He's not going to come when we're feeling strong and we're on the top of the mountain. It's going to be when you're alone and you feel abandoned when he will call you to do something. He'll call you to step out of the water, not when the water is calm, but when it's in, a mighty, in the middle of a sea, he'll say, come on out of the boat. Is anybody here this morning? Because God wants to make sure he gets all the glory for everything he does in your life. He, wants to, he doesn't share his glory with anybody. Come on, somebody. He says, I am God, and I'm God all by myself. And I'm going to wait till it's so bad. I know Lazarus is dead, but I'm going to wait four days. Oh, I feel like preaching today. I'm going to have to wait four days because I'm going to make a way, make it so that it seems to be hopeless. Just to really see if you're going to have faith in. And I love Gideon. Gideon said, I don't have much faith. And God said in, in the original Hebrew there, he says, go in the strength that you have left. I want to encourage somebody here that feels like you've lost everything. Still fight for what's left. Still stand for what's left. I don't know who that's for, but stand because God can use you. God always shows up in times like that. But then we get back into Gideon. And so this, you got to have some context to understand this because signs, dreams, we've been talking about that. Uh, is one of those things where we can get off in, in, in signs. And so that's why we need to have context and understand what Gideon is doing. So Gideon is struggling to believe that God is really still going to use him. He still struggles with that. He had an angelic appearance. And before we, the portion of Scripture we read, there was another time when he said, God, if you are going to do what you said you're going to do, just stay here. And he goes and he prepares a meal. He asks for a sign again. He asks for a sign many different times throughout this story. And so, it's, let me just say this. It's okay to ask God for a sign. It's okay to ask God for a sign. But you and I, we got to understand why we ask for signs. And if we ask signs for the right reasons. And I want you to write this down when it comes to sign. This is something we got to understand what signs are really for. Signs are not for determination, but for confirmation. I want to I show you this. This is this. I hope you never forget what I'm going to tell you right here. Signs are not for determination, but for confirmation. They are not to determine what God wants you to do. They are to confirm what he's already told you to do. That's what signs are for. That's exactly what, nowhere in this story did God, did Gideon say, he wasn't just standing there one day and have a friend came to him and said, Gideon, we need to go uh, fight the Midianites. And then he was like, okay, God, if you're in this, then give me a sign. That's how we pray. We, we, signs are not to endorse what we want God to do. Signs are to confirm the presence of God. His word determines the will of God. Let me get that. God already came to Gideon and he spoke to Gideon and he said, I want you to go and fight the Midianites. Nowhere did Gideon say, God, 
uh, tell me what you want to do. If you want me to go fight the uh, Amorites, then give me a sign. If you want me to fight the Gideonites, give me the, or the uh, Midianites. No, no. He, he already knew what God wanted him to do. So signs are, here's a key word, is for deeper assurance for God to confirm what he's already told you to do. And it's okay to ask for those kinds of signs. Gideon already knew what God wanted him to do. Many of the times we get this idea and we're like, God, I just want you to give me a sign because I feel like doing this, you know. And, and, and a lot of times we can get off on this. We can get into the, the wrong place. It was like that guy that was trying, at work trying to lose weight. And so he went on his diet to stay away from sweets. And so every day to work, he would pass by his favorite bakery. So he said, you know what? I'm serious about losing weight. He rerouted his whole uh, way that he went to work. And he was doing good for about three days. And on the fourth day, he walked in and he had a, a caramel, hot caramel Danish. I'm going to make somebody hungry this morning. Breakfast treat. And his coworkers looked at him and said, man, I, you were doing so good. What happened? And he said, well, guys, I was on my way to work and... I drove by my old bakery, and I prayed, and I said, God, if you want me to go into this bakery, then give me a sign. Let there be an empty parking space right in the front of the bakery. And on my eighth time around the building, that is not what signs are for. I, I got to just stress it today. We are not to live by signs, but man shall live by the Word of God. Come on, River. Y'all know this. Every man, we live from the Word of God. A sign is given to confirm. Signs do not replace our devotion with the Word. In other words, if we're never in the Word, if we're never in church, and we're these kind of people that are just spiritual and just, God, give me a sign. I live my whole life. I'm going to marry this person if you put a rainbow in the sky. I had actually, when I was a youth pastor, I had, I had this in come and someone told me I think I need to marry my boyfriend I said why is that because I saw a rainbow in the sky past ready and we were just uh, talking and we kissed at that red light and we looked up and there was a, a rainbow and that is a sign that I'm to marry this man I said no it's not that's a sign that God's not going to destroy the earth with water again but we love to try to let God confirm what we want. I get people coming to me all the time, Pastor, you know, I'm wanting to do this. And I always get half the story. Come on, somebody. I want you to pray for me. And I pray God's will be done. And they hate that. <laughs> so if we keep going, we'll go to this guy and that guy. You will find somebody on the Internet or somebody that will confirm that. Don't do that. Listen, I just got to make this point. Conf signs are not to determine what God wants you to do. You need to hear the voice of God. You need to hear through the prophetic. I would say through the word. I'm, I'm going to give you a, three ways to confirm, by the way, here in just a moment. But at the same time, I do want you to know that it is okay to ask God for a sign. When I first was saved, the Lord spoke to my heart. I was working a particular job that required me to go in some establishments that wasn't good for someone coming out of uh, drugs and alcohol to be a part of. And I believe in marketplace ministry. Please don't misunderstand. I I, I, I totally think you need to, uh, we need, we're called to be light and salt right where God has us. And later I was able to, like right now, I could go right back into those places. I would have to go to bars, strip clubs, uh, gay bars, straight bars. That was my job when I got saved. I was, that was my job required that of me. And it's kind of hard to quit drinking when you're in bars every day. Come on, somebody. 
and I was trying to come out of that uh, lifestyle. And so I told my boss, and I said, I'm having a problem with this, you know, and I, I don't know, I'm trying to, re, you know, get out of this thing. And God began to show me scriptures and the word of God. I knew he was telling me, I, had, I met with our pastor, uh, the evangelistic pastor who was like my best friend, Pastor Mike Crowett, still a great man of God. I remember I sat down with him, and he said, man, I could see your torment. My mom and dad saw it on me. I was just tormented for a year and a half. And I said, I got to get out of this. I'm just not ready. God's giving me dreams that it's not good. I'm being tempted all day. Long story short, so I began to pray and, and say, God, you're going to have to open the door for me to get this new job. Well, he did. And I remember uh, I was sitting in church, actually. My dad was preaching a tent revival, and I was, uh, we came to church that night. And this guy I never met before uh, stood behind me, and he was in worship. Never met him before in my life, and he just, I, mean, I was praying during worship, and I was just saying, God, I know this is your time for me to worship you, but I can't help it. I, I got a family. I got to get a job, Lord. And, and, and this job is just, it's good money, and I love the three-day weekend, and I love it, but I just can't take it. And going on, and he saw the torment, and I just heard the, the voice of the Lord say, be still. Be still and know that I am God. I remember I had that word. This guy tapped his me on the shoulder and said, hey, uh, young man, right before we sit, sitting down, he introduced himself to me. He said, I know you don't know me, but I work for Intamin's Baking Goods. And have you ever heard of Intamin's? And I said, nope. He said, man, you're bad for business. <laughs> I said, I heard a hostess. He said, no, don't you say that word. Anyway, long story short, he said, we're hiring. And I want you to call this number and tell the man that you know me. I called him, called that place. They brought me into an interview. And the guy that interviewed me, I never forget it. He said, I've worked for Frito-Lay for 12 years. I've been in the industry for many years. I've never done this ever, ever. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to offer you the job right now, right where you are. Just offer me the job and gave me that job just like that. Well, it also required that same year we were moving from our old place in Melvindale to where we live now in Taylor. God, again, was moving us, and I knew this came with it. And Melinda was ready to go, and I was praying, God, you know, moving we outgrew the house and everything and so we were needing a god said and i remember the lord told us to move it was, the, it was so plain it was had the peace and everything and then the city guy came out and made us do all these things to the house right to get your cfo and i remember this guy was just giving us a rough time and i just said this must not be god this guy keeps making me do this and this and the last job this guy came he said i'll need you to do. This is the last job I'm going to give you. You got to fix your railing, your hand railing. It needs a flange at the bottom. You got to get a new one. Now, this was before Amazon, but we did have Home Depot, and I went to Home Depot and told the guy, he said, we don't carry that. Um, I had it in my hand. He goes, we don't carry it or anything like it. I can order it out of the catalog, and uh, he said, but I tell you what, where you live? I said, Melvindale. He said, well, if you get on Schaefer and you go to Dearborn, there is a uh, metal fabrication place there, and I'm sure that they can fix that for you and I, or get you a new one. I was like, okay. So um, I get in my car, and I'm heading over there. I never did find that place. We had no Siri GPS. And I'm driving, and I'm like, where is this place? God, I'm, Lord, I know you told us to move in this whole job thing, and everything is, is your will and your timing. And, and God, we know it. Lord, I just, I just need a sign. I just need, God, that, that you're, you're still with me on this. And and I never found it, so I turned around, I'm going home, and on my way home, I was in Melvindale, I looked up, and there was this little garage that had a gate on the front of the building, and I looked, and I said, what's the chances? You know, it's a mechanic guy, but maybe he's got a welder. So I pulled in there, and I walked in, and, and the guy couldn't understand English really good, and so I'm doing charades with this little flange, and I'm really desperate, and the guy finally goes one minute, and he goes in the back, 
I look down, and on his counter, what he's using for a paperweight is the same exact flange that I have holding in my hand. The guy comes out, and I'm holding this flange, and he's going, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, I said hey, I found it here. He goes, free, 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 God, free, and he points to God, and I walk out. <laughs> Put our house up. It sold in two days, and we moved. I'm telling you, it's okay to ask God for signs once he has spoken to you clearly. And when God says no and when God is not speaking, Please do not force his hand by asking for signs. You're going to get yourself and everybody else in trouble. So deeper assurance after what God has already spoken is what we're learning here from Gideon. So Gideon goes on with his people and he goes, okay, I'm going to use these people to defeat the Midianites. He goes down and God speaks to Gideon and he says, you still got too many people in your army. He said, if you go down and you defeat the enemy, you guys are going to get the glory. So God said, I need to reduce your army. So I want you to stand up and tell your army and ask them, if any of them are afraid, they can go home. So Gideon stands up and says, hey, guys, we're getting ready to go fight the Midianites, and there's hundreds of thousands of them. Uh, if anybody don't want to go and you're afraid, go ahead and go home. 22,000 of them went home. They were like, Gideon, we're going to be praying for you, brother. You got this. You got it. 22,000 left them with 10,000 people. Gideon said, God, I know you told me. Remember, we're not asking God to tell us what to do. We're just asking for deeper assurance because I'm struggling. Some of you might be facing, you, you took a step of faith and you're serving the Lord. You came to church and you're walking with the Lord and you're facing persecution and you're facing hard times. You started tithing or you started being faithful and now you feel a little bit of pressure. Listen, you are obeying the written word of God. And it's okay to say, God, help me. And the Lord will do that. He might be doing that right now through me. I'm telling you that you have made the right decision. You might have left a, a network of friends because you decided to serve God or you took a stance on something that the Bible makes clear. And now you're suffering persecution. You may be the only one in your whole family that's serving the Lord today. And every Sunday it's a big deal because you've got to get up and you're the only one that gets dressed. You might be single and you have said no to a boyfriend or a girlfriend because they're not good for you. And you're trying to obey the voice of the Lord. But you're tired of being alone. You're not going to be another maid, bridesmaids or groomsman ever again in your life until you get married. You're tired of it and you feel all alone. I just want you to know that God sees you. He is walking with you. And he is not going to lead you into a place of disaster if you keep following him he is with you and it's okay to say God I, I need some deeper assurance and so that's what Gideon does he asks again Lord I'm struggling and then God says this in Judges chapter 7 he says but if you are still afraid go down to go down go down to the camp this is the enemy's camp and take Purah with you your servant and you shall hear what they say. Normally, God says, I don't want you to hear what people say about you. But this is the only time in the Bible where God says, Gideon, you actually need to hear what the enemy is saying. And let me just stop and tell you, some of y'all that's feeling all alone, 
You, you got some people talking chatter against you because you're serving the Lord, but I want you to know you got a whole lot of other people that's seeing Jesus in you and seeing the good in you. You need to learn to focus on them and not on the others because who, those that are with you are more and greater than those that are against you today in the house of God. So he, go, he says, go down and listen to what the enemy says. And afterwards, I love this, your hands will be strengthened to go. He didn't say, I'm, 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 I'm going to change my mind through this sign. I've already told you. Some of you, he might have told you to stay and stand. I don't know. There's so many different ways to look at this message. But God said, you're not going to get any new information. You just confirmation that you're obeying me. Your hands will be strengthened to go down to the camp. So Gideon goes down to the camp, and he sneaks down in the camp, and he's outside, and he hears these two dudes in his tent. They're Midianites. They're evil. And one of them says, man, I had this dream. Here's dreams. He said, I had this dream that this, this loaf of bread rolled down a hill and knocked over my tent. In fact, this loaf of bread knocked all of our tents down. And that man said, that is Gideon. The Lord is with Gideon, and he's going to defeat all of us. And Gideon said, did you hear that? And he said, yeah, they are afraid of us. You see, I love how God gave this man a dream because Wheat and bread is what represents Gideon. It represented Gideon. How many know the very thing, listen, the very thing that the enemy is attacking you, your peace, your joy, your family, your finances, hear me, the very thing that the enemy is attacking will be the very thing that God will use to overcome your enemy. Did you catch that? The very thing that you feel the enemy coming in, I'm telling you, it's the very thing that God will use to overcome the enemy. If he's coming after your family, he's coming after your peace, your, your whatever it is, that's what the enemy is trying, trying to do. Hallelujah. Gave him a dream, and his hands were confirmed. He went back. He told his people. There's other parts of the story. I'm just going to fast forward. And he ends up defeating the Midianites, and he destroys the pagan altars, and he begins to cause the people to pray to Yahweh, Jehovah God, in a great revival has broken out. Next week, I'm going to talk about the signs of the times and how God speaks through signs. Today, it's about God speaking through signs to his people. But next week, it's going to, I'm going to tell you how God is speaking through the signs of the times to everybody, trying to say, hey, get your, get your eyes back on me. Come back to the house of God because I'm getting ready to send my son Jesus back. Amen. So you don't want to miss next week. But at the same time, you're going to see how there are revivals that are happening right now all over the world. In Taiwan, there's a revival that's been happening for two years because of a word that came that China was going to invade. And so you're going to wait till next week. God walked with Gideon the same way. He gave him these signs. He defeated the enemy. But I want to give you these quickly, these three things. These are the the major ways that you and I can get confirmation that it's the Lord speaking to us when it comes to signs. And I'm going to give all three of them to you. His word, his wisdom, and his ways. You need to write that down. These are the three ways that God will confirm when he's speaking to his people. His word, his wisdom, and his ways. Number one, his word. God, I've spent a lot of time on this. I am a word guy. I've been saying this from day one since we've been talking about hearing from God, that it's going to come to the word of God. Here's, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'll just give you one example. Jesus was asked questions all the time. He was always asked about 
hot topics in the culture. He was asked here about marriage and sexuality. This is a hot topic today. I believe it's also one of the signs of the times where we are having people trying to redefine gender, redefine marriage, redefine some of these very things that God instituted from day one. Are they signs of the times? Absolutely, I believe they are. Jesus was asked in Matthew 19 about marriage, and I love how he says, and look how Jesus answered the question. Have you not read? And Jesus answered them and said, Have you not read what the Bible says? There are two voices that's always going to be pulling for us, always going to try to be tugging. One of them is the culture. The other one is the Word of God. You and I have got to get, I say it every week, I'm going to sound like a broken record. You and I have got to get in this Bible. Sooner or later, you're going to have to learn what the book says. Sooner or later, you're going to have to learn what this book says. What God says is true. What God says is right. What God says is pure. What God says for you and I to do. Because if we don't, we're going to be deceived in these days that we're living in. I ain't getting no amens in this church today. You can't call me. You can't look it up on YouTube. Please don't look it up on YouTube. You're going to hear 50 different uh, perspectives on one verse. you got to get along with God and open up this book and find out what does the Lord say about your identity? What does God say about raising your kids? What does God say about your sexuality? I know Taylor Swift says this and Beyonce says this and The View says this and CNN says this and Fox News says this and everybody else says this. But what does the Holy Spirit say about that? And if we don't know what this says and all we're feeding ourselves all the time is that, when you hear this kind of preaching, it's going to offend you. Because when you're not familiar with truth, it will offend you. But Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He wasn't being mean. He wasn't being judgmental. He wasn't being exclusive or inclusive. He was being specific. He was saying, because I'm the only one that's going to go to the cross and die for your sins. And because of his death on a cross, all of us could come in and know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Also, you and I can hear the voice of God speaking to us. That's what the curtain was ripped for on that day that he died. Are you here? Say amen. But Jesus always answered. He always answered and said, what does the Bible say? When the devil tempted him, he said, it is written. When you're tempted, what are you going to say? you got to know the word of God. You must know the word of God or we're going to be deceived. So God will always confirm what he's wanting you to do if you're in a relationship, if you're wanting to do this or do that. Find it in the word of God. Find it in the Word of God, and God will show you. And if you can't find a chapter and verse, I'm going to move on to number two, His wisdom. This is another way God will confirm what He's speaking to you and me. If you cannot find a chapter and verse, you're dating a guy named Harold. Harold's not in the Bible, so it must be good to go. Hallelujah. I'm being funny, but no, that's how sometimes you're not going to find a chapter and a verse on what God says to do about Harold. Anybody named Harold? Sorry. But you can, the Bible says, get wisdom. God uses godly wisdom. Now let me say this. There is goodly wisdom and there is godly wisdom. You can get good wisdom from a lot of good people. But you can only get godly wisdom 
from godly people. And there's a difference. I don't care what therapist or counselor or best friend or relationship you have with that person, how many letters they have in front of their name or after their name, I'm telling you, if you don't, if they don't know the Word of God and they're not counseling you with the Word of God, then you and I are to flee from it. Hallelujah. And say, thank you, I know you mean well, but I'm going to take my, I'll show you an, uh, uh, an example of how not to do it here in just a moment. But these are, let me just give you three of the zillions of scriptures that are in the Bible about counsel. All three of them here are just real quick. Three of the main ones. He says you need wise counsel, the Amplified or the New Living says, to wage war. You need counsel whether or not you need to go, go to war. You need to get advice whether or not you should get involved in that situation. Come on, somebody. Some situations and some battles, we are not supposed to be fighting. And sometimes you can wear yourself out by fighting a battle that you were never called to get involved with. Come on, somebody. You need counsel before you go to war. And with much counsel, there is safety. Well, I went to counsel that one time, you know, and he told me that. When was it? 1979. And I tell you what. And I've been, no, you need to get counsel. You need to get counsel. Proverbs 12 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Come on now. But he who listens to counsel, listens to counsel. Every decision I have made, I'm telling you, that, rec- that involved my family, and that was big, you better believe I sat down with my dad, with pastors, with leaders, and got counsel. Now the Lord has opened the door for me to counsel our township, and it's an awesome privilege, and most of my job as chaplain officer is to give godly, and I tell them in the beginning, I said, guys, I'm clergy, I'm pastor, so I'm going to give you biblical counsel, and you know what I've said, nine times out of ten, you know what they say? That's why we came to you. Because people are finding out that being spiritual isn't good enough these days. You can be spiritual, but not be biblical. Biblical is where the Word of God comes into play. And the Bible says the Word of God is power and active, living like a two-edged sword and is able to give us life. And then the last one there he says is listen to counsel and accept discipline so that you may be wise in your latter years. For there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel will stand. He uses wisdom. You think God is speaking to you, you you go to make a major decision. And please don't ever make a major decision based on a dream, vision, or a sign, as I said already, but I'll say it again. You want to get it from the Word of God, and then you need to go to counsel. When Samuel thought he heard the Word of God, he went right to Eli. He said, Eli, I don't know what I'm hearing his voice, but I'm hearing this, and it's telling me this, and I love Eli. It took Eli a little bit because he wasn't walking with the Lord. But he says, that's actually God. And I want you to go and I want you to sit still. He gave him instructions. I want you to go and lay still. And I noticed that he told him to go and rest. He didn't say, go chase God's word down. Go run it over here. No, no. He said, calm down. God, listen, God wants to speak to you and me. He don't want you to run over here. I need to get a word. I need to run over. No, no. He needs you to, he wants you to sit down. Samuel was in a rest posture when the Lord spoke to him. A lot of reasons why we don't hear the voice of God today is because we're so busy. We're running. We're running here. We're running there. We're running there. Put it down. Spend time and say, God, you, that Pastor Eddie said today that if I would just quiet myself down and get alone with you and quiet my thoughts and you will speak to me, I pray. And I ask that you will speak to me. And he will. He will. 
Sometimes he'll wait, because I've done that many times, and they heard nothing. Got up. Let me just say this. No time spent praying is a waste of time. It, it sometimes will take you several times to go before you hear a word from God. That's good, because he's trying to build. He's trying to stretch your capacity and get you into the habit of hearing from the Lord. So who do we hear counsel from, Pastor Eddie? Oh, my Lord. Thank you for asking that. Since you did, this is where you get counsel from. This is where I get counsel from. I, you know, we belong to the Assemblies of God. They're not a denomination, but we're considered a cooperative fellowship. In other words, we are autonomous here at our church. We, we don't have people come in and tell me what to preach or stuff like that. But here's the big thing that you need to know. I have accountability. I think it's a dangerous place to be when you can look up and nobody's up there. I have presbyters, even though I've just got elected as an assistant presbyter, but I have presbyters that are over me. I have a superintendent. I have a whole district office. So if I preach something crazy, you can call, you can call the Assemblies of God District, and I won't give you the number. But anyway, but that is good for your protection and for my protection. We have annual business meetings. We have monthly board meetings with our board. We have elders. We have boards here that you elect to do the job of the money. They make the decision on what to do. We're held and restricted by a budget. Those of you that went to Growth Track this morning, which was so awesome to see all the ladies and people that came to Growth Track today, you've learned that we have a constitution and bylaw. This ain't just me running around with a Bible. Let's start a church, brother. Hallelujah. You've seen that before, haven't you, Dad? They last about eight months, and they come back, and I apologize if I make it look easy. <laughs> One of the things you and I need is to have accountability, and I love the Scripture. The Scripture says this in Hebrews. This is where we get counsel from. Remember your leaders who speak the word of God to you. And then he says, and consider their way of life. I love that. He says, look, remember your leaders who speak the word of God to you, and look at their life. Look at the way that they're living. I, I don't think it's a good idea to get marriage counseling from somebody who hasn't had a very good, healthy marriage or doesn't even know what it's like to be married. Have you ever had somebody tell you how to treat your kids and they have none? You know what I mean? That's why the Detroit Lions are going to win the Super Bowl this year because of our staff. You know I had to throw football in today. <laughs> Because we got leadership now that knows what we're doing. Okay, get back into the Word. you got to have somebody, and the Bible says you got to have somebody that, that knows, that, that has got a lifestyle, that's got a li I love Samuel. When Samuel stood up at the end of his days, they said, we want a king. And I love what they said. They said, Samuel, we want a king like you. You have been walking in integrity your whole life. You haven't run off with a secretary or run off with the money or lived in. We haven't found you in sin. You've been living in integrity. I'm saying, what happened to the men and women of God like that anymore that walk in integrity? The scripture tells us to walk in our integrity. Amen. Good job, Pastor Eddie. I'm with you, brother. And then he says this, consider their way of life. Imitate their faith. And then he throws this scripture, which seems like it don't even fit. For the Lord Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Great scripture. What does it have to do with that? And then he says, do not be carried away with different and strange beliefs, for it is good that he hear that his heart be established by grace. What is he saying? Over and over again. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be your heart established. He's saying, you and I, 
need to go get godly counsel from people whose lives have been established and been persistent in walking with the Lord. Am I helping anybody today? If it's a new believer, they've been saved six months, I don't think it's, a, you know, there's, the Bible says don't put a novice in office, lest they be overcome with the same condemnation as the devil, which is pride. Man, but we're so quick in the church world to just throw anybody up on the stage and give them a mic. That's why we take our time at River of Life, amen? Anybody that gets in the leadership, anybody that teaches your kids, anybody that teaches my grandson, hallelujah, we're going to make sure that they're, they're not going to be perfect, but you got to be walking with the Lord for a minute, bro, before you get a microphone. Come on, somebody. you got to know the Word of God, and you should not let anybody just speak. I don't care how many views they got on YouTube. You don't know that man. You don't know that woman unless you know somebody that knows them. You got to be careful on what you hear and what you what you open yourself up to. I listen to podcasts, and I don't know a lot of these guys, but there's certain things that I listen to, and I'm like, mm, I don't agree with that. But I've served the Lord long enough; I, I can pick the bones out of the fish. Come on, somebody, and still get some information. But when you're brand new saved, I remember my dad gave me this years ago. I got saved, and I was just so hungry for the Word of God. I was listening to everything, even AM radio. This is before YouTube. Be careful on AM radio. I was like, oh, my gosh. I thought everybody, and I was just, you know, and, and not everybody on AM radio is bad. Okay, please. But I was, my problem was, and my point, I was listening to anybody and everybody. I worked with a Jehovah's Witness, a Muslim, and an atheist. And I was listening to all three of them about God. And I was just so hungry for the word of God. And I got, and I said, Dad, you know, isn't it cool about this? And my dad said, where did you hear that? And I love it. He said, Eddie, there is a danger from eating from too many different tables. The Bible says, know them that labor among you. Do not lay hands on any man suddenly. Come on, somebody. You got to know who you're listening to the word. I don't, this is not in my notes, but somebody needs to hear this. You had Paul the apostle before Paul and Barnabas went out and started their ministry. You know what? In Acts 13, they were laid hand on of hands and anointed by who? Their leadership. Why? Because their leadership knew them. Their leadership said, yeah, I know Paul. He's been helped setting up tables. I can speak for his character. And I know it's God's timing. And they were sent. Some people were sent and some just went. Don't be the dudes that just went. You better not get out of that boat unless Jesus is saying, come. Come on, somebody. I'm so glad I came to church today. Worst example of this is a guy, remember Solomon? Everybody remember Solomon? He was the wisest man in the world. He had a son named Rehoboam. Rehoboam was one of them sons that just knew everything. Anybody got any kids like that? He knew everything, and it was his turn to be king. So he got into position. He went to the elders and said, okay, elders, you guys are established. You're my leadership. What should I do? The leader said, this is what y'all need to do. You need to follow in your dad's footsteps. You need to be a man of God, a man of integrity. You need to calm down. You need to get a plan. And he went, blah, 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 blah. And the Bible says he left the elders and went to his homies. Come on, E-Course translation. He went to his homies. He went to his friends who were like him, who were his people, who were his age, that had some things in common. He was, hey, what do y'all think I ought to do? And his friends said, this is what you ought to do, Rehoboam. You ought to get up there. And they gave him the worst advice ever. And the Bible says that Rehoboam 
listen to the wrong counsel. Got up and he split, listen, he split Israel right down the middle. That's why to this day, rest of the Bible, you have a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Why? One dude listened to the wrong person. I thought you were talking about signs. I am. You can listen to the wrong voice. We're living in a day when we are inundated by voices. And whoever has the loudest voice and the biggest following has the coolest concert, the coolest songs, the best beats, whatever. We connect. We will listen to them in this day, in this day and age. I'm telling you, as a pastor, I'm getting up on my stage and I'm saying, don't listen to everything you hear. Listen to godly counsel. Last point that I want to make. You got his word. You got his wisdom and then his ways. I'm going to have to pick this up next week. But his ways, his ways are something that you're not going to find a chapter and verse. You can go to wisdom. You can go to, you can go to get counsel. But there, then again, there are even situations, and I've been in them, where I've listened to counsel, and they got good counsel, and I know what God wants me to do. It wasn't what I wanted to do. One time we were going to move to Florida, and I thought it was God. The, the stars were lining up. Okay, I meant that figuratively. I, I don't look at the stars for guidance. We had this job lined up. It was all good. I thought for sure I had my own route ready, everything. And long story short, it wasn't God. And this is how I knew. Are you ready? These are two of his ways that you always listen for, and they go together. The peace of God and the pool of God or the pool of the Holy Spirit. Worship team, won't you come? Sometimes you, after you hear the wisdom of God and you hear the word of God, like Gideon, he needed to get his heart calmed down because he was nervous. He knew what God wanted him to do. These are the two ways that you can really hear is the peace of God and the pull of God. I don't got time to break them all down, but I'll give you Colossians 3. Paul the apostle, I love him because he always used sports terms. He did. He did. Because ancient Rome was known for their athletics and their um, Olympics. So Paul uses a lot of sports analogies in the Bible. And here's one of them, Colossians 3. Let the peace of God rule. Everybody say rule. That is a Greek word which means umpire or referee. Umpire or referee. What does it mean, guys? Girls, same thing as it means today. You could be out throwing the ball. Players and athletes are on the field. They're warming up. They're horsing around. They're playing around. But the moment the umpire steps on the field with a whistle... He's got the authority. He's the one that says, game on. Knock it off. We're starting to play the game. He calls the shots. Paul the apostle says, this is one of the ways when you know that God is speaking to you. The peace of God will fill your heart. Even if you're going to make a big decision or you're going to make a decision and everyone is pressuring you and you got people doing this in confusion and you, you can't look people in the eye. You're like, this ain't right. But you're wanting it so bad. If you don't have the peace of God and the gentle pull of the Holy Spirit, don't do it. Don't do it. I could tell you an hour long of stories of how we got into this building and how I've been serving the Lord for 26 years and it's been on this right here. If I told our staff, our leaders, no, if I don't feel the peace of God, we don't feel the peace of God, we're not going to do it. We're not going to move forward. 
during COVID was one of the hardest times of the year. We got together all the time, and we would wait for that peace. So-and-so is doing this. This church is doing that. And today, it's always competition. We're not competing with nobody, by the way. I hope every, You know there's enough sinners in southeast Michigan that if everybody got saved, it would fill every single church ten times and still have to build churches to house the people? So I love that our church has grown and we broke 500 and we're on our way. But there's more people at Myers this morning, I'm here to tell you. Our job is not done. We've got a lot of people to save and your family needs saved. My family needs saved. So we need to say, God, I'm going to stop and I'm going to hear what you are saying to me because I want to be used by you. Come on, if that's you, stand to your feet today. Let's close out in prayer. I already told our altar team that what I'm preaching on today and they are prepared to pray for you and I know there's several every time you talk on this topic you're going to get people that need to how many need to hear the word of the Lord or you need this message is spoken to your heart today right where you are how many say amen okay okay yeah those of you that are at home listen I'm not going to beat around the bush you need prayer you need God to speak you need God to confirm something in you you need God to give you that peace Maybe you've already have all of that, but you're like Gideon. You already know what God's told you to do, and you're doing it. You just need some help. I want you to come. I want you to get prayer today before you go home. I want to call our altar team up right now. If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus, and you're not walking with Jesus Christ, he's not the Lord of your life. You need to give your life to Jesus today. All this stuff about signs, save it for another day. The sign you need to hear right now is Jesus died for you to take away your sins and you need to give your life to him. You need to put your faith and trust in him. If you need to do that, you need to come forward and we're going to pray for you today and you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So we're going to sing one more song and I'm going to invite you to come if you need prayer. Once you come, fill these altars, get prayer. You need someone to help you pray hands laid on you, anointed with oil, then I want you to come, any of you. Let's come and let's pray before we go home today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Worship team, won't you lead us? Come and get prayer today. Don't leave without getting prayer today. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Jesus. You are my champion. Hallelujah. Jesus. Giants fall when you stand. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we're moving into the altar time. Moving into the altar time. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts today. Speak to our hearts today. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.